When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Two suspects are being one case involved. The FBI is now offering $100,000 to Welcome to Misty Mysteries, a paranormal and true crime podcast. This week's paranormal fact is about sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is most common for people between the ages of 13 to late 30s. Although not impossible for people younger than 13 or older than 30, it is a rare occasion. This week, I'm going to talk about a Long Island home that went from a crime scene to a haunted house. Have you heard of Anchor? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. When I started Misty Mysteries, I didn't know where to go, and Anchor helped me get Misty Mysteries started without charging me an arm and a leg. Anchor is really my suggestion for anyone looking to start a podcast. It has tools that allow you to record and edit in-app or on the website. Anchor distributes your podcast on all the listening places such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, and all your favorite listening places. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place and best of all it's totally free on anchor fm and on the anchor app In 1965, the DeFeo family, a family of seven, moved into a five-bedroom, four-bathroom home that included a large houseboat and a boat slip on the Amityville River. It sits on what used to be 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, Long Island, New York. The DeFeo family named their home High Hopes, even including a sign with the name on their front lawn. This home gave them hope for a better life. Before the home, the family lived in a small apartment in Brooklyn. The family consisted of two parents, Ronald and Louisa DeFeo, and five kids, three boys and two girls, Ronald Jr., known as Butch, Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. Life in this new home gave them more room, but Ronald Sr. was known to be hard on the family. Rumors of abuse have been talked about from children who were friends of the DeFeo children. Some believe Butch got the brunt of the abuse, which led to him being a bully and fighting and eventually substance abuse that got him expelled from school at just 17. After getting expelled from school, He worked at his family's Buick dealership that Ronald Sr. worked at. Butch worked as a mechanic for the dealership, but his substance abuse continued and even at one point set up a fake robbery of the dealership to steal money, which got him on police radar. On November 13, 1974, Butch walked into a bar named Henry's Bar and yelled, You've got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. A group of men from the bar, including one of the family friends, Joe, headed to the house where they found Ronald Sr. and Louisa shot in their bed. Joe called the county police, who found six members of the family, Ronald and Louisa, aged 43, Don, age 18, Allison, age 13, Mark, age 11, and John Matthew, age 9, shot in their beds. First shot was Ronald and Louisa, the killer, then moved on to Mark and John Matthew, who shared a room. 
then Allison, and then Dawn, whose room was on a different floor of the home. All the family members were asleep in their beds, besides Louisa and Allison, who seemed to wake up during the attack on the family. Ronald Sr., Louisa, Dawn, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew were all buried in the St. Charles Cemetery, sharing a family gravestone. Butch was taken into police custody for protection when he told police he believed a mob member that he had previous issues with killed his family. The suspect Butch blamed had an alibi. He had been out of the state in New York, but Butch told another story that the person who he named as a suspect's alibi and the suspect went into his home and with a gun to his head made him watch the attack that killed his family. But eventually, Butch confessed the attack that killed his family, marking him a family annihilator. He confessed that early in the morning, around 3 a.m., he had been sitting in the basement of his home, high on heroin, when he heard his family plotting to kill him. A hooded woman appeared to him with a 35 caliber rifle from his gun collection, telling him to kill his family. He then went upstairs and room by room murdered his parents and siblings while the family's dog was tied up outside barking. It seemed the neighbors couldn't hear the gunshots since nobody called to report the total of eight shots. Butch then changed his clothes and took a bath as if it was a normal day. He hid his bloody clothes and murder weapon in a pillowcase. He then threw in a storm drain in Brooklyn on his way to work. He arrived at work early to set up his alibi. He called home multiple times throughout the day, telling people he was concerned for his family. Ronald Jr.'s trial started on October 14, 1975. He claimed he killed his family in self-defense because of the voices in his head that were telling him his family was plotting against him. The prosecution argued that even though he abused LSD and heroin, at that moment he was aware of his actions. On November 21st, 1975, a year after the attack, Ronald Jr. or Butch was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder. The judge sentenced him to six life sentences. Shortly after his conviction, in December 1975, George and Kathy Lutz, with their three children, moved into what was the DeFeo's home. George and Kathy Lutz bought the home for $80,000, plus an additional $400 for all the furniture that was still in the home. All the furniture belonged to the DeFeo family. Some reports even say that the Lutz family slept on the same bed frames the DeFeo family slept in. The family only lived in the home for 28 days before leaving in what seemed like a panic. While living in the home, Kathy and the kids started to notice a change in George's behaviors. He seemed to get mad over nothing and hear voices that his family couldn't hear. One day when George was home, he swore he could hear the family dog barking outside near the boathouse, but no one else could hear the dog barking. When he went outside to find the dog, he heard the dog barking from inside the boathouse which was locked, and when he looked inside, the boathouse was empty. Kathy also had unusual activity happening to her. She would dream of the DeFeo family's murders and their lives while living in the home. George also reported seeing Kathy float up off the bed in her sleep. The family also reported seeing the children float off their beds as well. This would happen at 3.15 a.m. when it's believed the DeFeo family was murdered. George and Kathy tried to have the house blessed 
but George reported bad things happened to the priests who entered the home. Father Ray went into the home to bless it, but he entered the sewing room, or what used to be Mark and John Matthews' room. He heard a loud, booming voice telling him to get out. He then felt a slap to the face, and after leaving the home, the father broke out in a fever with blisters all over his hands. When he called George, all he said was, do not enter that room, but never explained why. The Lutz family reported almost every paranormal activity with an intense increase around 3.15 in the morning. Slime oozed from the walls, knives flew in the kitchen, footsteps were heard walking around, voices and screaming could be heard, and the Lutz's daughter would see a pig floating in her window with red floating eyes she would name Jody. The family, on their 28th day of living at the home, fled the house during the night to Kathy's mother's home with the attention to come back to the home, but they never did. The Lutz tried to get the home blessed again in hopes to come back after the hauntings had stopped, but hired movers to get some of their things from that home and moved to San Diego, California. A book was written about the family's experience in the home, which led by a visit by Ed and Lorraine Warren along with camera crews. Ed and Lorraine Warren are American paranormal investigators who worked with the Catholic Church. Ed was a self-proclaimed demonologist, and Lorraine was a clairvoyant, or medium. They have gone on to investigate some of the most notorious paranormal activity, places, items, and people. When they investigated the Amityville home, George Lutz would not come back to the home. To give them the key, he met them three blocks away at a restaurant. And the family, to this day, still has not told the experience that made them flee that night. When they got to the home, the first place Ed went was to the basement. He believed the basement held evil because they were dark and the closest to hell. He would use a cross as a protection, being from the Catholic Church, and asked for the spirits in the home to show themselves to him. That's when he immediately got a pressure that felt like needles on his head and shoulders that knocked him down to the basement floor. Upstairs with the camera crew, Lorraine had her own experience. First thing to happen, she got an image of the dead bodies laying out on the floor where the DeFeo family had laid out in the process of removing their bodies from the home. When she entered Mark and John Matthews' room, she got a heavy feeling of depression. She said, I hope this is the closest to hell as I'd like to get. The state of the home during the investigation by Ed and Lauren Warren showed a home that was left in an emergency. Dishes were still out and in the sink. Cloth was still set up to be sewn and plants were dying. A famous photograph came from the investigation that is shown most when researching the home. It's very clearly a child around eight to nine years old peeking out of Mark and John Matthews' room with glowing eyes. Ed and Lorraine Warren left the home marking it haunted, but it's been argued in years if it really is. Butch Ronald DeFeo Jr. came out to say the house is not haunted, that the only thing happening was a cold-blooded murder he committed, and John and Kathy Lutz were capitalizing on his family's murder and home. The Lutz children have come out to say the home is haunted. They experienced paranormal activity in the home, but their stepfather George and the book The Amityville Horror, A True Story, that came out in September 1977, had dramatized the experiences. 
A man named William Weber, who worked with Butch during his trial, sued the Lutz family for cutting him out of his royalties to the story. He claims that George and Kathy knew about the DeFeo's family's deaths and made up their experience. The home has sold multiple times since the Lutz family's hands, but no one else has experienced paranormal activity. The families who have moved into the home have changed the way it looks, and the address has changed to keep paranormal and true crime lovers out of the property. Without any cameras or documentation, the Lutz experience while living in the home, we can't say if that experiences were real or made up. The Lutz children seem to have experienced activity in the home, and it is still marked one of the most haunted homes in America. Thank you for listening to Misty Mysteries. If you like the podcast, please share with friends, family, and on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find the podcast on places like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please leave a good review for the podcast on places like Apple Podcasts and Podchasers. If you'd like to support and help the podcast further, you can find me on Buy Me a Coffee, where you can do a one-time donation for a shout-out on the podcast, or with a membership, you can receive an exclusive episode with a choice of topic for future episodes. You can find the podcast on listening places such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, and so many more. As always, my sources can be found in the description, and I'll see you on Wednesday. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.